Hello world, welcome to Industrial Nomads, Voices on the Road. This is episode My Dad. I'm Thad Spears, your host. Thanks for joining, and I'm truly wishing the best to all of you. Today, I'll be talking with my dad, Tommy Spears. This particular interview could potentially last forever, but we'll keep it to a reasonable length. And dad, thanks for joining. Uh, I won't go through our entire history. Instead, I'm just going to touch on four topics. Uh, your profession, you're a butcher. Uh, Deweyville basketball, which is something we could probably make a, a a podcast on all this on. Just go you know year by year, player by player, and you can make a, a good run with that. Uh, cows and the other animals that, that we had while I was growing up. Uh, and your, your journaling, that you keep journals. Uh, so those are going to be the basic topics right there. Okay. Uh, well, we'll start with your profession, your career, um, how you got into it, how long you've been a butcher, uh, favorite part, least favorite part. Say what? I said your, your career, your profession. How long, okay. How long have you been doing what you do? Uh, favorite part, least favorite part. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> okay, we're recording. Well, look, meat cutting kind of just happened. You know, I, I always wanted to be a school teacher, but I uh, flubbed around and got ready to go to school, and I didn't go. So eventually, a guy next door, George Robertson, gave me a job in the meat market. Didn't last long, so I didn't like it. Had to work six days a week, and just didn't like it at all. So I left that that pretty quick and went on did other things and then wound up working at a place where they sold appliances and air conditioner stuff which was a pretty good job but Jack my nephew was working at a big star store in Orange so he found a job there for me that was Monday through Friday and that was sounded so good so I went there but eventually, I worked there, and I guess I did a pretty good job because the guy was leaving in the meat market, and David Peasley, who ran the market, sent him out and asked me if I'd come to work in the market. First, I kind of wanted to climb, but then I went ahead and did it. I wound up in there for a few, a couple, two or three years, and worked all the time. The worst thing about working in meat market is you don't have any time off for me. You have split days off, and a lot of times you're working six days. So it's just, but it just it didn't pay good at first. But eventually, I got out of it and went to the shipyard, which was okay as making good money. But market basket and orange wanted me to come to work there, and I turned them down. But then they kept calling me, wanting to talk again. So eventually, I went to work. And I had a guy, Buddy Duke, who, who ran the market, but he believed in me. <clears throat> he got me raises about as fast as a person could get raises. And it wasn't long till I was making as much money as the plant workers and stuff. And first thing you know, they offered me a job in, as, 
as a marketing manager. I turned it down to start with, but kept on and kept on. I took it, which was probably a grave mistake because all I did was work. I worked 13 out of every 14 days. And that gets old, but you get up in that stuff and you don't realize how many hours you're working. You're just working. And eh, I was pretty hot-headed back in those days. One day they made me mad, so I quit. Wound up working uh, in Buna at Food City for Melvin Cook. He treated me super good and still made really good money. And so things went on, but he, he rearranged the store. He enlarged it, and he just didn't have enough business. So things got pretty grim there. So I was going to Sulphur, but I went by Wood Supermarket in Vider. See if they had a job, and lo and behold, David Peasley working there, and it didn't take nothing but me walking in, and I got the job. I lasted there 31 years. The the thing about me cutting is you meet a lot of people, but the bad thing is 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 the no time off to to do stuff that you really want to do, and that's the worst thing. But me, the meat business when I started, you. You cut up quarters of beef, and now you get it out of a box. So I saw the transformation of kind of like when there weren't any fences on the prairies that it all got fenced in. That, that and was kind of that's about it. Kind of, kind of part there. First of all, I didn't know Mr. Robinson because I mean I, I knew him my entire life till he passed away. Uh, I didn't. Did he? Was he just a manager of a store? He owned them. Um, no, what? he was. He he ran Riverside Supermarket. He was. He was he was the top dog there. He was store manager, but he he was he was like the king in there. But he he treated people good, and he he was a, he was a good guy. People liked him there. Okay, I I, I just didn't realize. Uh, I don't think I knew that, and maybe I should have. No. But I don't think I did. Well, um, he he, he gave me a job. Like I say, he didn't even had to get. He didn't even need me, but he gave me a job. Yeah. Just so I'd have a job, and it it was really nice of him, and that was married into the meat market. And when you went to, and I, and I remember when I was a kid, I remember you working in Buna for a little while, uh, and then I remember Woods, of course. That was uh, for, I mean, all practical purposes, my entire childhood through yeah. college and everything. Yeah, you, yeah, you work, you work for Woods Supermarket, and seven six nine two one three one. That was the. That was your number. Uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, sure and I remember uh, David Peasley working there. Um, I remember a lot of people you, you worked with over there, and that that was a it was always cool as a kid uh, come over there, and you'd let me go in the freezer and shut the door, and I'd stand there and be cold for a little bit, and that was always pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I froze your butt off too. <laughs> sometimes, but uh, but the the part about the watching that evolution and that change of where you you were actually cutting the meat from from what it came from the animal just about to what you do now like that's you, you've seen a, a huge change in that and uh, absolutely and the comparison comparing that to the you know the, the vast prairies of of land and wherever you go uh, when you grew up you didn't have a lot of fences really and now everywhere you turn, it's something's posted. So it is what it is. Yeah, but it is 
is what it is. It's not good, but that's the way the world is. Yeah. Um, all right. The when you, uh, when you weigh 150 pounds, 155 pounds, and you got a four quarter in your arms, one one arm under the leg and one on the back of the cow, and nobody can see nothing but uh, about down to your ankle, and they can't even. <laughs> phantom to see your head and you're packing that thing around and it weighs probably 150 pounds that's the way meat meat was back in in the old days <laughs> you had, you now had you to, go get a box and it might weigh 20 pounds what do you take out of the box pretty much already cut up you might have to put it in slices but the meat's cut for the most part oh, you, you had to put it on the saw and you had to break it into pieces yeah. to cut up yeah um how many times did you suffer while I use the word severe loosely, um, but I know one time as a kid you cut the end of your your thumb off, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> how many, how many times did you have a good, a pretty good man. cut? Uh, I got when I first started. I probably bled more than any butcher ever bled in the world. I cut myself a lot, but never bad. The I never never got sewed up, uh, but one time, and <laughs> I thought it would be be cool to get sewed up and and wouldn't it would heal quicker but i found out the stitches was worse than just going ahead and wrapping it up and letting it get well <laughs> when i cut the end of my thumb off that was that was a devastating thing it, <laughs> I, was, it, it, it was I was like tough. five or six maybe it seems like you know me yeah well, you carry on with that thumb i, I thought you might be dying i didn't know what well, it, 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 it felt like i was dying <laughs> But it, it, I, when I was in Buna, I cut the top of my knuckle off, and it bled for like 24 hours. I wouldn't go to the doctor. Next day, I got back, and I was still bleeding, so they just insisted. So I went down. He couldn't do nothing for it, but he put a splint on it, got the bleeding to stop. But uh, it, it was healing up great. And you remember when we had the chicken house out in the back back there, well, I went out there one evening, it was nearly well. It was still red under, it looked like a puddle of blood under, on top of my knuckle. And I reached down and a dead gum chicken pecked it wide open and blood went everywhere. And I thought, oh my goodness. Stupid chicken. I think I made it get quicker. That's awesome. Um, jumping, jumping topics, I've heard the basketball stories my entire life. And we, we played a lot of ball around the house and, uh, but you lived Louisville basketball from its days of glory to – I'm not even sure how they're they're doing now. I don't want to, you know, speak negative to anybody. If they're doing bad, I hope they get better. But um, we could do an entire podcast, and maybe we should, uh, on Louisville basketball. You've had uh, – it had a, a deep history in basketball. Probably a lot of small towns did back in the day. Um, but trying to keep it – just to narrow the topic – um, on the three best teams, just off the top of your head, um, and if there's just two, that's fine. But uh, and then the best coach, in your opinion, that that's been been through there as far as basketball is concerned. As far as coaches go, Jimmy Jimmy Shepard was will go down in history is one of the best coaches anywhere. He was a good coach. Uh, they was coaches. Uh, Adolf Hardchuck, Cotton Robinson from Buna, Adolf Hardchuck from West Orange Stark, 
and Jimmy Shepard, they were three tremendous coaches. But probably if I had to rank my number one coach, it'd be Noel Boyett. He coached us in the eighth and ninth grade. He was he was a hollering and a screaming wild man, but dead gummit. He 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 cared about you inside really. And he was he just had he had the knack. Now he followed what Jimmy taught on offense, but he had a totally different defense. And his defense, if you knew how to play it, was awesome. And and I Jimmy Shepard was a great coach, but I ranked all boy at right there beside him. And for kind of name two or three best teams. Yet yeah, the the memorable team that, that I remember growing up, I was twelve years old, uh Sammy Dryden, Billy Walton, Dick Davis, Melvin Coleman and Wade Nelms, they they got beat forty eight to forty four by Stuck in overtime for the state championship. You said forty eight to forty four. You kinda you kinda you kinda idolize them. And and I knew them. I didn't know all of them person. I knew Melvin Coleman super good, knew Dick Davis, knew Sammy Dryden pretty good. But and and Mickey went up there and practiced with them a lot. So me being twelve and them being seniors in high school, I was five grades behind them. I knew them better than most people would know them, you know. But you you can't for all the teams that's ever been through Duval, that has to be the pinnacle of all. And they've been some you know, they try to use any any other team because they've been some mighty good teams in Duval. And uh been some super basketball players or people who sit the bench in Duval that could have been uh probably could have made all state play with somebody else wow. because they was abundance of ball players. Gotcha. Well, that's something uh, I we briefly spoke the other day, and you talked uh, about uh, Bennett had come by and said he's going to want to record. Um, that would be pretty cool because I think uh, again, I think there's a, a a podcast there. Just if nothing else, just to kind of capture the history. You know, there's yeah, you uh, go through the history of Deville. You could. You you could a person who lived it and and was there. There's people who played basketball in Duval. People might not even knew who they who they were. Uh, Kingberry, for example. Kingberry didn't seem to me. He might have played more than I got to see because I didn't see every time they played. But Kingberry, according to Mickey, was a super duper good basketball player, and. He got no recognition whatsoever. Hmm. So that's that's the thing. And and you know when when Dick Davis was a junior and Sammy Dryden and them were seniors, well Pat Levine was a sophomore. I don't know if he ever got to play hardly at all. But in my opinion, this this just in my opinion, there's never been anybody in Duville better than Pat Levine. He was. He loved the game. He was lanky. He was tall, and and he was just really good. Now, but there again, you can say the same thing about Dick Davis. Mickey Spears didn't play when the when Duval was good. They didn't really have a coach till they were seniors. But 
you couldn't couldn't find nobody better than Mickey. No, that, that's, it's, it's a fact. He hit over a hundred free throws in a row in this yeah. little competition somewhere, right? Like he just and kept he making them. Just, <laughs> he could shoot. He and, could. And and uh, was and, and and in basketball, the the people who score they get all the recognition. Uh, but then you got yeah, the people who who get under. I don't know how many points Sammy Dryden up up. Made it average or nothing, or Billy Walton, but regardless, they they were the people. They done some gut work for 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 the best team, and then 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 Jimmy left. I think Jimmy Shepard left two years too early, because when I was a senior and Bimbo Wilson was a junior, Jack was a sophomore. They could have jacked up. Jack up with Bimbo and them, they could have played five seniors for a quarter. They could have took them out and run in the uh, sophomore and four juniors. I don't know of anybody in 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 our class could have hung with us at all. Because hmm. there was ten players. I, I I include myself in that because there was ten players that could play basketball. And we could play as the teams, and and it it would have been phenomenal to had had two different bunches coming at you all the time. Say one play one one bunch play a quarter, another play the next quarter. I don't know if people could have handled that. Man, it would have probably never happened, but that would have been that would have been something to behold. Just on the on the just on the rest side of it, and the the different play styles that would have threw people off, and definitely yes. definitely yeah, messed totally. with a, a defensive mindset on the for the other team. You're like, wait, we we <laughs> we we played Jimmy Shepard type of ball. Well, Don Huttoke had uh, Bimbo and them and Jack and them uh, down in the eighth and ninth grades. He played a faster break of basketball, a faster pace game, and if Jimmy would have took that and played us his style, let Bimbo and them run the style they ran. You that would have threw people plum, plum off. Yeah, that, nobody, that, nobody that's... could have got the praise or anything because nobody got played long mm-hmm. enough to to be. But it ain't about getting the praise; it's about winning the game. And and you not know? a not a knock against Jimmy. I don't. That's just not something you would see happen. Anywhere, you, like any time, like you no, don't have two, 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 two different teams coming on per quarter, like just changing the game up. But I'm, I'm probably the only person who's ever let that run through his mind ever. Probably so, but, but you know, right, well, we'll uh, maybe we'll we'll come back and do some podcasts I, again. I'll, I'm gonna look into that because you know I think there's a lot there. But uh, going on to animals, like I, I grew up on a. As a kid, it was a farm to me. We had chickens and guineas and goats, and we had some raccoons in a cage at times, and uh, yeah. rabbits, and uh, you name it, it. It came through there at some point or another. It seems like uh, everything but a horse. <laughs> everything, and that and that was your favorite animal. I I grew up. That's one thing in my whole life I wanted. We never had enough land to have a horse, and. But when I got grown, I could have a horse. Well, the deal is I still wanted a horse so bad, but we didn't have enough land. A horse pulls up the grass. The first thing you know, you don't have a grass. And Freddie Hardchuck told me that 
you, you put a horse so his place him he said you could see a rat go across the field because <laughs> he had a horse and so that that just turned me uh, 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 away from that but uh, the first thing I guess that we ever had around here was always in my life seemed like I've nearly since I was 10 I've had chickens seemed like uh, somewhere or another and so when y'all uh, were uh, uh, growing up, it, when y'all was little bitty kids, we had chickens, and uh, we took had had a good many chickens, and then then evolved. I got a hog. I guess she was about. I guess she was close to seven when I got old Heather Pig. Heather, Heather Pig. Mm-hmm. And and got her from. A uh, lady I worked with, Dee Dee Oldberry, knew somebody had a had a pig that's wanting to get rid of, and so I got her. And I'm, gonna, and, I'm just going to go on, on here and say, Heather Pig, uh, the name Heather for the pig came from my cousin, Heather Hanner. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and and you took to calling her Wilbur and the pig Heather, and that's just the way it was. I don't think I ever had to call her Heather. <laughs> I, call her that's Wilbur. the way it played out, because we... we it wasn't, you know, she always, she always, they had a pig out there, and 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 they watched that, uh, oh, what was that show with the spider? Charlotte's Web. Yeah, well. Wilbur oh, the pig. Oh, <laughs> she, 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 I called her Wilbur, and then, then when I got old Heather Pig, we started calling her Heather, and she was Heather Pig till she, till she died, <laughs> and, uh, but we had a, a good many different hogs. Oh, and, we had a bunch of hogs. That's uh, and, that was a bunch of them. And had a bunch of little pigs born. Me and your mama used to go out when Sal was having her little pigs, and we'd sit there, and one was born, we'd pick it up and hold it upside down so the uh, fluids would drain out of his nose and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we probably saved a few of them's life by doing that. Yeah. Ain't too many people do something like that, but we did. What kind of, your, your favorite kind of cow, I, I want to say it's Pold Herford. It is. Yeah. That's my favorite cow. Then, then when I had the hogs, we we wound up. I one day I decided I just I wasn't getting a thrill out of the little pigs being born anymore. So I traded my hogs for uh, Jimmy Delaney, two Jimmy Delaney for a cow, and him him and his daddy getting the barn moved for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh. Got a got a red heifer. First thing she did, jumped the fence. Run over Freddie, jumped in his fence, and he had a bigger place than mine. And she just had some cows, so she stayed. But uh, but I got a guy come look at her, and he didn't want to buy her. So Jimmy just took her back and brought me another one of wobbles. That that's the cow. That, she was blind. That's the but, cow I remember as our first cow was wobbles. I used yep. to I used to sit on her back and. Uh, and she got to where she didn't like that, and that was fine. And then we got uh, Nikita, right? Yeah, I bought Nikita from a guy I worked with at Woods for 250 bucks, And yes. she was half Old Hereford and half Simitol. Okay. And never in the world, I don't care if I lived to be 100, and bought 90 more cows, there'll never be another, uh, uh, another Nikita. She is just How long? We, we the kept best her. cow ever. We kept her for man. I don't. I don't know how long. And then TJ got her, right? I think I either kept her. I think. Think I got rid of her in ninety six, ninety five, ninety seven. But I've she 
I got her in 86. So I kept her for 10, 11 years, and I wanted to keep some of her, one of her calves, so I didn't have room. So I gave her to Holly and TJ, and she lived till she was 18 years old. You know, she was, she's an all-time cow. I named her after that, uh, in fact, a, a girl that worked with uh, uh, told me to name her Nikita after that song, Elton John's song, Nikita. Yeah, yeah and, I that. and that's what I did. And and she had some good calves, and she was a good cow. You remember the night she was bellering, and you come told me she kept bellering, and we went out there, and her calf had his head hung in that bathtub. Yeah, out there behind the barn and stuff. With that yeah, belt. yeah. I, I got a saw, and she stood there and watched me saw it off, and then she was happy. Yep. I mean, she was actually calling for for some help. Man, and she, she got it. She, she saw when we got out there, well, she quit bumming. She yeah. knew we'd come to help. So, uh, jumping topics again, uh, Colleen brought up that you were uh, inspiration for her to start journaling, and that led into her blog, etc., uh, but you've been keeping journals since like uh, the early '90s. Um, yeah, I just uh, and, and that all came by, by by a little. One day I was in Daddy's room down at, at Daddy's house, and he had a calendar on the wall, and I looked at it. It was a year or two old, maybe older than that. But I just kind of, for some reason, flipped through the pages, and on certain days, Daddy had stuff written down like. Uh, the rabbit had eight babies or whatever or, and or something here happened and I just thought you know that'd be pretty cool to write if he wrote something every day and so that's what made me start writing stuff down and and I wish I'd done it from the time I was 10 years old because I'd have a lot of stuff written down but, yeah so that's how that so, came about from Paul's calendar yeah that's, okay. that's where it come from just uh just looking on that wall and it's an older calendar and I just looked at it and I, you know the, the thought went through me and that's pretty cool yeah and so oh, you know, uh, if you you so many people old uh, Chad Shepard he told me he said he just loved to get those books and read it he said said he really loved it when something political or something was going on that was drastic said said that's when he liked to read it the most because I'd, I'd get pretty animal about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, and, uh, and Levi Moore would read them. Yeah. I think probably, probably about everybody, everybody came through there, read some of them at some point, you know. Always, but a lot of people read them, yeah. Uh, Joe always said I kept them so I could be right if we got into a discussion about something that I could <laughs> go back and look up. Oh, I'm right. That's, that's, I, that, wasn't a whole, that wasn't about anything about it, really. It was just... The idea of you write something down when it happens, you're going to be pretty close to putting it down right. <laughs> there might have been about a 1% of that being it because you, 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 you knew you had it. So I'll give Joy that. <laughs> but, uh, but that's that's probably consensus of all the sisters in the family anyway. You know? and, and mom too. <laughs> so. It very well could be. But, uh, but all right, well, that, that was the, really the, the – what I wanted to do was get – at least a chunk of those topics and uh as i move forward this maybe we can revisit uh something or maybe we'll we'll spin off and do another one totally independent uh okay uh, but, whatever uh, you know it you know, really ma- it makes me really really happy that, that i got you on here for this uh it really does and uh and like i say but i'll i'll, I'll talk to you soon 
Uh, all right. All right. We'll talk at you later. All right. Bye-bye. And everybody listening, um, again, thanks for joining. Take care of yourselves and each other. Signing off.